Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for taking the time to listen in today. On episode two of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors, we're going to learn about our matchmaking service, really what we call a hunt plan, and why hunt plans are important. There's many reasons why they are. We're going to discuss those today. My name is Brian Maiman. I'm the co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors, and I have with me today, to my left, the great Brian Martin. And that's spelled with a Y in case anybody's wondering. Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. My name's spelled with an I. I'm not a Ryan that wanted to be a Brian. I am a Brian. So, And then across from me is my good and dear friend, Dr. DDS Brad Dana. And uh, his role with the company is he is my role model. And Brian Martin should never be a role model for any young kids. So anyway, <laughs> gentlemen, today we are going to talk about our hunting plan what it does, and why it works. So a couple things before we get started. Number one, I appreciate both of you being here. Obviously, in all sincerity, you being a dentist, assessing the situation, processing it, making the right accurate suggestions is an important part of your role every day. And you, Brian Martin, for those that don't know, if they didn't listen to our first podcast, are by design or education or something, an engineer. And I really do say by design, because when God wired you together, you're like the master uh, packer of all things and putting things together. So you do have an engineer brain. And I know that both of you were instrumental in putting what we needed to put together on each outfitter and the components of the gear. And we had to do that in a compliant way. So you listening specifically could take value in all the information and data so you could personally make the right choice. And that was imperative to you, Brian, three years ago. And I know it's a big part of your role here today is making sure that Noah and Kelly have every detail in there that that's possible. And Brad, it's a big part of what you do with the research and making sure outfitters are representing themselves right and never overstating themselves. So having said that, I would love to break this down today in our hunt plan and how one goes in there, does a hunt plan, why a hunt plan's important, okay, what it could mean for them, and then how we got all those details in there for them, okay? Make all sense? Right, let's do it. Because the individual is why we did it. That, that, that you sitting there listening right now were thought of and important to us when you come and do your personal hunt plan. So Brian, Brad, I'm going to let you guys decide. Nobody jump to it real quick. Okay. So the hunt plan, that's, uh, that's modeled after your hunt needs analysis. That's after your financial world, your financial needs analysis pretty much does the same thing. It, it just directs you 
into making the right and an informed decision. Um, I like our software because it helps you figure out what you want to do. You, you might know and you might think you know, but this makes it more of a strategical decision. It's got the hunt goals in our software, and I like that. That's my spitballing board. I, I, I wrote down all kinds of stuff, you know, just kind of generalizations. What I want, what I'm thinking of, how am I going to do this, where do I want to go, how do I prioritize it, what do I do first, and, and so on and so forth. And then you go down below that, and it gives you hunt plans. And that's where you get to make individual, specific suggestions. And that's where we have our algorithms that uh, eliminates Dr. Google from the equation and, and it finds a better match for you than you could guess. It's not a swag. It's just a wag when you, hit on, when you go to Dr. Google, right? And then here's the other thing that I really like. I, I actually love the application section of the software that we use. And what you can do with that is when I go to the application system, uh, section on my software, I be, I've become so much more organized and have a much more clear picture of what I'm doing because I keep all of my preference points there. I keep all of my logins. I keep yada, yada, yada. And then I, and I can also keep track of when, when my applications were. And it, it allows you to have a more systematic, strategical approach to what you're going to do. So I love this from that standpoint. Well, I think, too, from, from the hunt plan when you go in there and create your own hunt plan, what I like is that it takes in consideration the overview, the experience, the gear list, and the media, and it's in that order. So the media is last. Most of people want to see the pictures first. We want to express exactly the overview of the hunt and the experience. On each of those hunts, though, when you look at them on your personal best matches, it specifically asks you if you want us to apply for you because the application process that's involved in those hunts, it alerts you that you would need to apply for that. So it kind of, you know, sections it out and it, it, it helps you with what's going on. But I think the hunt plan is so necessary because one, I personally never wanted to waste any money. And then when I didn't have any, and then when I had money, I didn't want to waste any time. I don't know if, Right. You listening or feeling the same way I did, but I know the three of us feel that way. Nothing irritates me more than if I'm oversold and get into a hunting camp and it's not what I expected and I'm wasting my money and I'm wasting my time. That drives me nuts. The, I believe we have a solution for that. The time gets more valuable than the money for lots of people. Mm -hmm. you, you know, the time away from your family, the time away from work, the time away from whatever is more valuable to many, many people even than the money. Yes. So Brad talked about the uh, the user end, basically the hunter end, and I'll talk more about the outfitter end, which is we built a, a big spreadsheet for us when we speak to outfitters on the phone. And sometimes it's hard to get a hold of outfitters, so we just find that right now um, this is the off season for them, so most of them are home. Get them on the phone, uh, do an interview with them, and it's very extensive. So if they have, say, for example, a mule deer in Kansas and a mule deer in Colorado – That'll be two different hunts. So that way, when we put all the hunts into the system, it's really easy to search. Is it a private land? Is it a public land? There's a big difference. Is it a spike camp? Is it a, you know, a lodge hunt? Is it a horseback hunt? Is it a backpack hunt? Is it an ATV hunt? 
is it a high altitude hunt that might, you know, like say in, in parts of Colorado or, or Wyoming that might affect somebody in a negative way. So we try and get all that information in there. So when the reps or the hunters are on the, on the website looking, they can look and see what the outfitter, and hopefully sometimes it's even more details than the outfitter's website itself, because uh, these are all important things. As, as a person who's done guiding, hunting, uh, booking, and stuff around the world, um, little things that you assume, um, they might know. You never want to assume that because the tensions and the details, and if you put it in writing, and then the guys and, and, and uh, who read the website, it's very important that when you see that and you remember that, it's because I know a lot of times I've talked to hunters on the phone and they, I don't think they, you know, you're trying to, they're trying to disseminate too much information too quickly. <clears throat> and the stuff that we, I thought they knew, they didn't know. So that's why it's really important when the hunter, when yourselves fill out these hunt plans that you know to the best of your ability, put down what you're looking for, because the hunts on the other side are also built with very much precision and information so that everything matches quickly. So if you're looking for a hard hunt and you don't want to see any other hunters and you don't want to have to deal with you know, private land boundary issues, that we have the hunt for that. And it's also very important when we're applying people um, because the alpha, we need to know what area they're in, what the drawing odds are. So if a guy says, I want to shoot a big Wyoming mule deer in the mountains, maybe that's only three years, but maybe he wants one in Colorado or it might be eight or ten years. Um, there's a lot of, and if you maybe don't want to wait at all, then you need to go to Alberta, you know, need to go to um, Mexico, you need to go to these places that have guaranteed mule deer tags. So those are all really th important things to do. Some hunters start applying and they're in their 50s and 60s and they don't have any preference points. And so for them to get drawn in some of these units is almost impossible. Let's say if you want to get drawn for the Arizona strip mule deer tag, it's impossible to get drawn if you start when you're 60 years old, basically. If you started when you're 20, you're probably going to eventually get drawn. But the Arizona strip mule deer tag might be harder to draw than a desert sheep in Arizona, for example. So those are the kind of things that we want to know. Because if a person has a higher budget, maybe we start putting them in for landowner tags. I mean, helping them buy, help you guys buy a landowner tag. Maybe even recommend a commissioner's tag or governor tag for one of the states. So that's really important to know what your timeline is, your budget. Because some people just maybe only have four or five years left and their hunting life, that they can do these really hard hunts. And so the better the hunt plan is filled out, the more outfitters we have on there that are vetted. And we know the easier it is for you guys to try and find that perfect hunt in a, in a shorter period of time without making the mistakes. And we're trying to prevent mistakes. And by not assuming things, and by putting as much stuff in writing and matching everything as good as we can, uh, people waste a lot less time and a lot less money. Well, I think what... From my perspective, if I'm if I'm listening to this, which I am, and I'm you, more details and the more specific you can be. The problem with what Brad refers to as Doctor Google, which I always find that humorous, and that it's it's so true, right? Because everybody, let me go to Doctor Google. Google has to know everything. The problem with Doctor Google is there's too much generalization, and then people pay to be at the top of that or they're managing their SEO to be at the top. It doesn't mean they're the best outfitter. It doesn't mean that they're going to be the best price. It doesn't even mean that they're going to deliver, deliver on the specifics that we personally have built into our system. So the more details and the more specific they are in, in, our, um, in their hunt plan with our software, the more refined their matches are going to be. And I know you work tirelessly with outfitters every day, making sure that they have all the right information in there, because that's one of your uh, uh, big, I guess, uh, 
I don't know, not, I don't want to call it an issue, but your big pet peeves is that people don't have enough information. They need all the right information. Like if you go to your website personally, you're super detailed. And it could be better. I mean, most outfitters' websites could be better than they are. And that's why we're trying to create a system so that each outfitter who enters into our system has a platform that matches and similar to the next guy. So you can, you can sort similar things and, and, um, and find out the little differences fairly quickly without having to read everything. It'd be like if you had a travel destination or a dating destination, all there was pretty pictures, but they don't tell you how long it takes to get there, how much it costs or anything like this. You're going to be thoroughly, you're going to make a lot of mistakes if you base it strictly on pictures. So that, well, that's a great big meal there. Oh yeah. But by the way, that was $150,000 premier tag in Antelope Island or a $300,000 premier tag in Antelope right. Island. So <clears throat> just because that guy has one on his website, that they forget a, to tell. That would be a recession tag, $150,000 <laughs> yeah. Antelope Island. We could have that. That, that would be a Henry's Mountain. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, but like that. So, I mean, it's really easy to misrepresent what you have. And so that's why even if an outfitter has, say, three different mule deer hunts, we'll list them three different ways. Maybe one area produces 190 mule deer, another area would produce a 170, another area produces 155 to 160. So we'll have three different hunts because that is the best way to present those hunts. And that way each hunt is found for the, by the by, right potential buyer uh, for the right hunter at the right time. And uh, that's really key. But the thing everybody has to keep in mind with hunting, there is still a lot of Unless you're going hunting a game farm or a really exclusive big private ranch, there is a lot of variables, and people forget this is not like shopping. And uh, even the best match, you still have to go hunting on a lot of these trips, especially if you go to Canada, especially if you go to broad like Russia and, and Central Asia. If you're not a hunter, even though there's lots of game, it's still going to be hard for you to be successful every time unless you come prepared. I mean, for guys to say, well, how big and how much can you guarantee in that? And that's why they have places like South Africa and Texas. And Texas, right. Yeah, because if you come and you're not prepared to hike and shoot and deal with mentally challenging things, you know, that is going to be, a, that's going to be a, an issue for you guys' success. So, I mean, hunting is still hunting. We want to try and make it as successful as we can. And that way, if somebody who is looking for a true adventure, say like in the <laughs> Frank Church of Idaho, and he wants to go on a wilderness elk hunt, um, that he goes on that hunt and not going to a, an easy hunt on, say, a Colorado... Um, uh, Ranching for a while. Exactly like this. Something. And the same time, the guy who doesn't want to see grizzly bears doesn't want to ride a horse for five or ten hours a day. We don't send him on a Frank Church uh, wilderness elk hunt. He won't be happy. But I always say that everybody hunts elk if they've never gone on one of those hunts, and the Bob Marshall, the Frank Church, southern B.C., northern B.C., they're kind of missing out on elk hunting. And then maybe later in life they can go do they can go do an easy hunt. But still, I think if your if your first hunt is a game farm elk hunt, a Saskatchewan, you probably have a skewed view of hunting. But again, it's not my place to say what you guys really want or not. I just tell you the pros and cons. So when you know when you when you select a hunt, you at least do it with the most knowledge that you can have. They know and what so, they're getting exactly. Well, that's that's one of the interesting things that you said there is uh, I heard you want a big a big mule deer. You said a big mule deer. And so we hear we hear a big mule deer a lot, and I want to shoot a big elk, and and uh, that's why you can't have only the software do it because you have to have a little human interpretation too. Because what is a big mule deer? And what's that mean to you? That's different to everybody. That's right. So you gotta you gotta really ask them. Point. What is a big mule deer? You know, define big mule deer. Uh, have you ever shot an elk before? I have never shot an elk. You want to shoot a three fifty bull with your bow? Okay, that's now now we're getting harder uh qualifications so y you have to have a human to help guide you through the software also i think 
And, and that, you know what, it speaks to the shot opportunity and trophy size. Because everybody has a different interpretation of what shot opportunity and trophy size is. I've been with outfitters that say, well, there was your shot. And uh, um, not me personally, but I've heard people them look at it and go, the guy had 11, 12 seconds. Well, guy lives in Chicago. And maybe you've been on two big game hunts your entire life, and you're not as apt to jumping on a horse, grabbing your rifle out of a scabbard, throwing it down on a, uh, getting your bipod out, laying down, getting prone, finding it in the scope and shooting it. Now I've seen guys do it super fast, have a seven second window, get the animal killed, but that's not the norm. So shot opportunity, we spend an incredible amount of time and we always low on the conservative side of that. You won't see a hundred percent shot opportunity on our web uh, in, in the matches. Cause, Cause it's, it's just, relative. It's relative. Like some guys can drive a Ferrari. Some guys have a hard time with a smart car. That's, and, ex that's and, exactly um, right. Yeah. Well, the problem is that I think I, I know why a lot of outfitters like these long range guns. There's a couple reasons. One is when you're, you can, when you're shooting across a Canyon, you're typically not rushed. You're not going, you're going to have time to see the animal and spot it and judge it with a spotting scope. And then you're going to have usually more time to get on the shot. I mean, I don't know how many people have actually tried to track an elk down the snow and jump shoot them out of their bed at 30 yards, but you have zero shot opportunity unless you're carrying the gun in both hands, like if you're hunting chuckers without a dog. Literally, that's what it's like. But if, you, if you're not, not afraid to shoot at something that has horns and judge it quickly, maybe you saw it early, but typically the times I've done it, I shot a bull elk like four years in a row doing that, but it, you get a lot of ground shrinkage. You get big brows right. and no tops. You get broken beams, but that's real hunting as far as like you have, it's not really say skilled long range shooting. It's very fast, almost like wing shooting on an elk. And uh, you have to be able to place a shot quickly because he may, get, he may give you one shot for a half a second. He may be running. Um, I've had them where I slipped up on them and shot them in the bed, but that's usually not how it happens. Usually they see you or hear you and you have to shoot at a part of an elk. So for the, for example, that is why these, again, these long range guns are very popular with people because you have more time and most hunters don't, how do you train for that? But you yeah. can go do some of these, there's some, a couple long, um, like dangerous game shooting courses in Texas that you can do that have like simulated running Cape Buffalo and elephant, which is all good. I mean, but, but I, I recommend people do, you know, go rabbit shooting, go prairie dog shooting and walk around freehand trying to shoot stuff when they're running with a 22 or a 17 or 22 to 50. That's the only way you get good at it. Coyote hunting, probably one of the very best, you know, Brian is an expert coyote hunter and I've done a lot of coyote hunting. It's not really super interesting for me, but I still really like it. And it's the easiest way to miss probably. And one of the best ways to, to learn how to shoot offhand shoot quickly, shoot from multiple different positions. Because, yeah, you don't have time to think about it. Sometimes you don't have time to even pick up your binoculars. You have to throw up the gun and shoot quickly. Yes. And these long-range these long range shots, you can get hunters who don't have much hunting experience, but they, actually, but they know how to be coached and they know how to shoot decent distance. You give them a minute or two and they'll shoot the animal. You give that same guy five seconds at 50 yards and he'll miss every time. So that, that there's a point. So that's why if you want to shoot really big animals <clears throat> and you want to shoot specific animals, you need to spot them before you start shooting at them and you need to judge them before you put the crossers on them. Because right. if not, you have a lot of ground shrinkage. That happens all the time in Asia. The guy'd say, big, big, shoot, shoot. The hunter doesn't look at what he's shooting at. And then he ends up uh, shooting an animal that he was upset with because he didn't look at it himself. And that's a nice thing about shooting a little bit longer range. But once you get the range too far, then also the wound rate and the missing also goes up. So there's kind of a happy meeting in there uh, that's, uh, that's high success, uh, both for shooting the right animal and giving you enough time to make that shot. 
Yeah, and I think I think with with what we've done and where we're at with our hunt plans, it speaks to all these details for you. It gives you specifics. We've we've been conservative on shot opportunity. Um, we've been conservative on trophy size. If an outfitter tells us that we've been to, yeah, we killed 200 inch deer, and we roll in there and we don't see a 200 inch deer, but they have killed 200 inch deer. We don't put that that's a 200 inch deer opportunity on on that hunt. That doesn't get put in there uh, to be made a match with because because just because they've killed a 200 inch deer doesn't mean you're hunting 200 inch deer. And uh, sure, they're wild games. Something could always show up. But we play we we run real conservative on trophy size too. That way, the disappointment level isn't high. The satisfaction <clears throat> level is high. So, so what I do when I interview an outfitter is I will ask him, what is the biggest animal you shot last year? What's the biggest animal the area has ever produced? But then I ask, what is the typical range from the smaller end to the upper end, but not the very biggest, of course, that hunters can expect? So that may be on a mule. That might be a 150 to 175. Yeah, every year he shoots a 185, but he shoots 20 that are not 185s. So you don't sell it as a 185 hunt. But it's good for hunters to know that they might shoot a 185, because if you hunt an area that has never produced a 185 and you want one, there's no reason to hunt it. So you, but, you, but, but just because it grows a 185, one out of 20 deer doesn't mean you might, may or may not be the lucky one. You might have to turn down 19 170s to shoot a 185, or you may shoot one the first morning. You don't know. But if, they don't, if you don't have the opportunity, I mean, if there's no chance that they've ever shot one there, there's no chance of you shooting one in, in general. Right. You're not going to be the first guy to ever kill a 185 at that place, or at least you shouldn't count on yeah, being so the That's first why guy. I like to know the very top end potential, but what is the average? And you try and sell and talk about the average, but okay, if you're a good hunter, if you get lucky, if you're willing to not turn other ones down, you might be able to get this. And with size, usually if you look at the way hunts are priced and success rates, the easier the hunt is and the bigger the animal, the more expensive it is. So if you want to spend a little less money, go big animals and really hard, or go small animals and maybe really easy. But if you want really big and easy, that cost. Right. And the tags are limited, and it's usually <laughs> private land. It, it's really good for old Dennis. Big yeah. and easy. It's because like, I got a little money now, and I can afford this, but I can't walk, so I'll go hunt there. Yeah, that's what happens. Dennis, you meant Dennis, not dentist, right? You said Dennis. Mm, yeah, however you want to interpret that, that's <laughs> fine by me. <laughs> Dennis the dentist. <laughs> so so this, this is indeed what I love. We, as a group, as a company, looked at the problem that we had. And we've taken that problem and said, how can we fix that? How can we offer... How can we offer you, the hunter, something specifically that you can't get anywhere else and that delivers something that you go, yeah, that worked, that worked. And that's, that's how I feel about our hunt plan. When I go in there, I just love doing hunt plans because I love to see what my matches are. And, you know, it's gotten big enough with all these people that are vetting and with you, Brian, and, and that now I don't even know every hunt that's in there. So it's like Christmas morning sometimes. I'm showing my wife on our own website, hey, I should go do this one. She's like, I don't think you need to go do any of those. But, you know, that that's, that's you know. I, I was looking at your hunt plans yesterday, and we need to clean <laughs> some of yours up because you have, like, alligators in Kansas, and you got some weird oh, stuff yeah, going yeah, on yeah. in there. And I started to delete some of it, and I was like, I better talk to her because I, I – 
I, I don't know. That, he that's because I use strategically. Well, that's I do. I, I do. I do. Demo. De- I do demos to show people how it works, which you're unfamiliar with that concept. <laughs> so anyway, it's not that big a deal. So if somebody wants a real good demo, I have places in Kansas that you can hunt alligators, and I can show you an application service company that has a great hunt plan that can find alligators in Iowa sometimes even. No, not that big a deal. <laughs> so it's okay, guys. It's okay. You just got to see that's, that's why I'm just, you know, awesome at being an adventure specialist because people didn't know they could kill. You are uh, awesome. They didn't know they could kill uh, alligators in Alaska, but boy. And people didn't know they could find a Trump voter in LA either, but it happens. <laughs> <laughs> there, you're exactly right. There's a few of those. So that, that's funny. Well, uh, I, I just, uh, Anything else, you guys? Because honestly, this is really good. I guess specifically be, be, before I, I go. I would say, yeah, go if, ahead. if you have an interest in developing a hunt plan and getting some guidance, because you're, you're going to have a more successful uh, career in the outdoors if, if you had somebody guide you that has done all kinds of hunt plans and has experience doing those for you and can set you up and, and get you lined out properly. So I think that's, uh, it's worth calling. I, I think so too. 605 is our number. And you can get a hold of us, 605-644-8000. And we'll put you in touch with a local representative. You're from Tubelo, Mississippi, or you live in Alberta, Canada, or wherever, and you want to start playing the application game, or not even playing the application game. Just say, I specifically want to hunt this. What's the best way to do it? And we give you the specifics on how to do it. And consequently, there's going to be some applications involved. We will walk you through that personally and, and help you with those details. It's what we do really good. How much does it cost to do a hunt plan? It, it costs nothing. Zero dollars? Yeah. You can go to the web, www.rollingbones.com or rollingbonesoutfitters.com or rollingboneadventures.com. How about you put rolling bones in and you're there? Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, start with a hunt plan. You, you, can, you can fill it out. Now, I will tell you this. You get one, but it's 50 bucks to have unlimited um, and one species, one state for applications. That's so a good deal. 50 bucks a year, I should say that. Because some people go, 50 bucks a month? No, 50 bucks a year. We're not trying to hit anybody over the head with it. And that gives you a personalized web page too. You put your own pictures in there and, and you customize it. You put your own application reminders in, you put all your stuff, you build your hunt plans and you start seeing what your best matches is. Here's the thing I found out. Most people think that a lot of, when I say most people, I'm talking generally with us, right? But specifically what I have found out is people that I know have told me, mm, I could never afford an outfitted hunt. And if you're sitting there thinking that same thing, personally sitting there going, mm, I don't know if I could ever afford a hunt like that. I'm telling you, we, we have mule deer hunt that get delivered to people all over Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I mean, people from all of you that live back east, I'm telling you, we're the gateway to Western hunting and Asian hunting and Canadian hunting because we have hunts that aren't crazy expensive. I always say two things. If you want to kill a, a, um, a, a moderate-priced animal, Antelope, unbelievably priced big game opportunity out west. It's the gateway drug. It really is. Number two, <laughs> number two, number two, mule deer. We have we have solid trophy one hundred and sixty class mule deer hunts and bigger and bigger for thirty five hundred dollars, four thousand bucks. Not crazy money. Guy can and and if you're a DIY guy, 
We can tell you where to go to find those exact same deer on giant lots of public land if you're not afraid to put a backpack on and get off the road. Yeah. And so we, we, can, we can do this. We can apply for you. We can get that. And then here's the other thing. People always say, oh, I could never go hunt British Columbia. I it, can. If I was a butcher today and, had, uh, uh, and I was 23 years old, which I was, just like all of you. Like 50 years ago. It, it was a long time ago, thank you. And, uh, but I've aged better than most dentists. So anyway, <laughs> um, and I did. I mean, this is why I know I can say this to, to you out there listening. Because when all my buddies were going and buying cars out of college, getting married, and getting mortgages, I, I was saving my money and going to Quebec on a caribou hunt or Saskatchewan on a bear hunt. Does that make sense? That's what, that's what I did. I didn't go get a truck payment. And you got I, married too. I got married too, of course. I, 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 had, I had some thoughts about that that I was interested in. My mom told me I needed to be married. So anyway, but my point is, is that these are affordable. But if I was going to do one of those, and I had one hunt that I was going to go do, and I had it was a fixed limited budget, I'd save up for a British Columbia black bear hunt, spot oh, and stock. Oh, I thought you were going to say mountain goat. Mm, it's from for it's it, that's pretty expensive. I'm yeah, just yeah. telling you for if, if, for an uh, easy to grab the out, money out right, of your pocket. I'm yeah. making oh, yeah, yeah. thirty five to forty grand a year, and I want to save for two to three years, a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there, put a chunk of money together, and go on one big Western type hunt and see if it was for me or not. I would do a British Columbia black bear hunt up somewhere out of uh, um, uh, Grand Prairie. No. Um, the Peace Arm, somewhere uh, west, uh, west on the Peace Fort Arm. Fort St. John. Yeah, Fort St. John. Yeah, what's that little town? There's lots. I mean, Prince George, Smithers, Pemberton, they all have good spring bears. Right, but I would go up in, in towards the mountains where I was. You, yeah, up there I Williston. Yeah, like, I, 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 Hudson would, Hope. I would go up Hudson Hope. That's what I was thinking, Hudson yeah. Hope. I would go up by Hudson Hope because you could, you get, you're in the mountains. <laughs> you get to crawl around there. You go shoot a big black bear, pack it out, do all that. But it the just, thing is, black bear is actually one of the most unhunted animals in the West. There's a lot of good outfitters yes. that have great elk and deer hunts that also offer spring bear hunts for even less yeah, expensive exactly than British right. Columbia. Because they don't have they don't have the opportunity to um, ha they don't have many other income generating pro things in the spring. In the spring, and guys that have a lot of elk like to shoot black bears because black bears eat a lot of elk calves. Well, you know what? That's going to lead us to our next podcast, which is uh, species selection opportunities. We really, really, really want to deliver you listeners and you individually sitting there an opportunity to be a resource to help you with your hunting adventures. No matter you know where you're at, pick up the phone, call us. I promise you, we don't charge you to have a conversation. 605-644-8000. We'll talk hunting with you. Just a quick reminder as we wrap this up. Mondays and Friday nights, we have a Zoom, Hunt the World, 314-896-6854, 314-896-6854, Tuesdays and Fridays at 7 p.m. Central Time, we're live with an outfitter or a hunter that, or a, and a member that have traveled the world with us doing a slideshow, bringing you some of the greatest scenery and visual stimulation in the hunting industry. Brad, appreciate you being on today. Brian, amazing. And remember that Zoom, Z-O-O-M.com, and then enter join a meeting and then enter the code that Brian just told you about. Exactly. Is it
see, you you are really good at that. I appreciate that. So, hey. And we never. Yeah, go ahead. Fail to plan, plan to fail. I love it. That's right. Get a hunt plan. Thanks for joining today. We appreciate you listening on Hunt the World, Rolling Bones Outdoors.